Welcome to the Global Tech Leaders Podcast, where we help business leaders and individual contributors with actionable insights to hit their number and figure out the nuances of truly operating a business globally today, squeezing the essence of the lessons learned from the planet's top tech leaders. This is your guide to joining the fast track to global market scaling. <laughs> so folks welcome to today's show we are joined by a very significant member of our team here at single focus talent a long overdue podcast recording and uh, none other than lisa schwartz who is an executive virtual assistant founder at tailfin works tailfin works does research recruitment executive admin social media management to remote clients anywhere in the world offering excellent organization skills deep insight into business procedures and exceptional communication skills. I can attest to that. With 13 years of experience from being a senior coordinator, office manager, executive PA, she oversaw many duties such as recruitment, social impact, and managing executive schedules. She is also the president of the intrepid chapter at BNI Business Network International. Welcome, Lisa. Well, thank you so much, Ross. I, can't, I have to say it feels a bit weird to be on the side of, of the screen, <laughs> but I'm humble. Thank you for having me. No, it's, it's, a, it's a real pleasure, I suppose, just to give our listeners a bit of background. Um, Lisa is the engine behind our engine, so she helps make everything work for us. Um, I'm a very, very big believer in always be firing yourself, and Lisa is the person who keeps me accountable to that. She makes sure that I am maximizing the processes within the business and taking care of um the strategy and making sure that the kind of plates in the air that are spinning don't fall and that the machine works in which uh it's best uh, optimized um i suppose there, there's two ways of looking at this when i founded this company a number of years ago um i knew we had a market in the tech space uh, globally, you know, we started out in, in Dublin, we broadened our, our focus to Europe, we're working across the US now. And I suppose I knew there was a market for what we did. But it's very, very easy as a self employed person to have this natural tendency to say, I'll just do that, I'll just do that, it just I'll make I'll make it happen, etc. And all you've really done is created a job for yourself. And that's not what we're about. We're about building an asset and building a business. And Lisa has really been able to come into the fold and take ownership of things, um, which I welcome hugely, um, and allow our team to focus in on specialities. And I think that's the key part, is that everyone needs to be a specialist and not a generalist. So I suppose, Lisa, if you could just tell us a bit about what drove you to become what an executive assistant, do what you do, and then share a bit about the impact you've made with us because that's what makes me excited just tell tell our listeners about about your story if you would for sure um well my, my story is not maybe as exciting as many of the stories that i've heard but i'll, I'll share mine you humble um, <laughs> um i have always been in in administration i've always kind of filled some littles from PAs, executive PAs, senior coordinators, office manager, and it really stems from the first job I ever had, which my dad actually got me straight out of high school. I actually worked at a construction business that he worked at. My dad's been in construction his whole life, and I managed to get a, a part-time admin job. 
And I immediately fell in love with organizing, creating systems, putting things in place, um, creating efficient processes, you know, enabling people to save time so they can focus on the actual work. Um, so I fell in love with it at a very young age, around 1920. So um, it's kind of been the majority of my career. I've played around with some online trading, played around with some retail, some sales here and there. But generally, my experience is in business administration, executive admin. Um, and I've done that for the majority of my working career. And a few years ago, um, I would say maybe five years ago, I heard about this thing called virtual assistant. And at the time, I was actually an executive PA to a CEO. And I heard this concept, did some research, and I was like, it sounds a little too simple, a little bit scary, you know, I couldn't possibly mm -hmm. go out on my own and do what I'm doing here. Surely it's not that easy. And then a couple of years ago, about two years ago, I, I actually um, was retrenched from, from a company that was kind of struggling at the time. And then I told myself, this is my gap. You know, this is my chance to do what I do, but do it virtually. That way I can service multiple clients at the same time versus having one job and just being an employee. You know, so that's kind of the thinking behind it. So I've been a virtual assistant for, for two years now, um, running my own business, working with people all over the world. And I truly love it. I truly, truly love it. Um, I feel what I do is actually manage time, time yes. management, and then um, building relationships. For me, that's the core of what I actually do. And then everything else is just the, the tasks and the work and the duties that come along with it, you know. Um, but I believe what I do is actually I manage people's time and I, I fill in the gaps so that they can refocus time and energy on the business strategy, whether it may be bringing in new clients, working on growing the team, um, whatever it may be. Every small business owner reaches a point where they're like, I cannot do it on my own, yeah. you know? And that's kind of where they start looking for me. Um, or for us, I would say, I'm actually building a nice network of virtual assistants at the moment. So um, that's when they come out looking for us. Um, admin, you know, sometimes it's treated as a lousy, a lousy job, a lousy task. Um, that's just the stigma that, that's connected to it. But it's so important, Ross. It is vital to a business, actually. If you don't have your administration in order, there's a huge ripple effect. You know, you end up wasting hours and hours and hours trying to catch up. Um, and what's cool about virtual assistants is that you can, you can either have full coverage. Let's say, for example, you run a business where you need someone to be on the clock 24-7. You can hire a virtual assistant in South Africa, one in the US and one in Australia. You can be making money 24 hours of the day. So that's a really cool aspect as well of being a virtual assistant. Um, another cool aspect is it, it saves the money in the essence of you don't have to employ someone, pay them for all these benefits, pay them for, pay, for leave days and all those kinds of things. Whereas you just pay for the work that is getting done and, and you know nothing else. So it's cool. It's flexible. Um, it gives people that... that, that that trust that I know that when you do my work, you focus on nothing else. Um, it also speaks to productivity. You know, sometimes when you have a team, an office full of people, you can't manage, even if you tried to, to micromanage, which is not great, but I mean, you can't manage how much productivity you are getting out of the team. You can't. You can try your best. You can have KPIs. You can have whatever you want to have, but you can't. You're not guaranteed that that person is spending eight hours of their working day or whatever the working day may be completely focused and dedicated to your work you know there's distractions somebody wants to go for the chat I mean if you're a smoker you're going to go out for a smoking break as a whole group you know all these little things and with virtual assistants you know they're based in their home office or perks are you can work anywhere in the world but chances are they're based in their home office and they're completely dedicated and focused 
So, so yeah, that, that's what I feel I actually do in, in a nutshell. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, just to give people some context, um, it's, a, it's a beneficial relationship for us both. It works very, very well. I think, you know, for me, it's probably the area I struggle in the most um, is I, I'm, I'm a relatively organized person. I can vouch for that. Until, <laughs> until I met you. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, there's another level here that I haven't contemplated. <laughs> Uh, you know, I was always one of these sorts of guys who um, lived by the mantra of it's not in the calendar, it doesn't exist. And then that served me very, very well because we only have a certain number of hours in the day. But there's all of this other work that's vital to what we do around the scheduling of the calendar appointments for our candidates, speaking with net new clients making sure CRM is uh, timely, up to date and giving us the data because our data is what we present back to our clients in terms of what's in the marketplace. And if we don't have that, we're nowhere, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, I suppose what, what's been for you some of the learnings that you've had for really well-run companies that you've been a part of working for the CEO? And, and what mistakes do you see, I suppose, as well for kind of, young companies trying to make it but just haven't gotten a handle of this what's your sense of those two worlds lisa um a few things hop hop into my brain um firstly i'd say with these businesses the ceos either want to do everything um and they struggle to give to delegate to kind of hand things over and then they also struggle to to trust people you know, to trust them to do a good of a job as they would do. So that's definitely two things I, I see very, very um, common. Um, people treat their work like their baby. You know, that's how right. I treat my business. And for sure, you treat your business the same way. It's personal. It's personal. You know, it's business, but it's personal. It's your baby. And so um, I get that, you know. So from my perspective, I need to be sensitive towards that. I need to be... Um, conscious of the fact that it is hard to let go it's hard to trust someone else to take over certain things it's hard to just give someone passwords for example a simple thing but it's not that simple when you need to talk about it and now you need access to things you know it's hard to trust someone with things like that um yeah. it's hard to trust that people teach your clients the way you would teach your clients you know so i think trust is a big thing a really really big thing um like I said, it's personal. And so people struggle to really give that off. Um, but like I said, I'm patient. I take the time to build the relationship. I take time to build the trust. And if I need to prove myself, I'm okay with that. You know, if it needs to be a trial period of where we just check things out, that's okay. If I need to do a, some free work for you, hop on some calls so that we can gain some trust in the relationship, like I'm okay with that. So I would say the two common things in those worlds would be letting go of, of responsibility, um, delegation, and then just trust, you know, trust in someone you don't know to do a good job. Yeah, that's true. Um, so I suppose one of the kind of fascinating things for me is that we've never met each other, but we've spoken, <laughs> I don't know, we speak many times a day. We're always on Slack to each other. Uh, you're a vital part of my world. Um, I think um, it's a very interesting dynamic um have you seen any pushback with that because i'm a virtual guy kind of born born global born uh digital nomad so to speak but yeah. do you see any of that where they're like i can't possibly hire somebody i've never met before do you, <laughs> have you seen that i i have i have it's actually quite common i think it depends on 
um, I mean, you and I have been working together for two years now. We've never been in the same room, you know, and I consider you family. I feel like I know you sure. well. Um, so it's really cool. It's interesting how you can build a relationship through through voice, <laughs> through voice meetings and visual yeah. meetings and things like that, you know. Um, but I would say it depends on what part of the world we're talking about. Um, I'm in South Africa, Cape Town, South Africa, to be specific. And um, locally, it's, it's, a, it's a new thing this virtual assistant thing, offering services from home, offering remote services, it's a new thing. Um, and people are terrified. They're like, I couldn't possibly trust you to do my work. I can't see what you are doing. I can't watch mm-hmm. you all day long. Um, you know, how do I trust that you're sticking to your word kind of a thing. So it depends on what part of the world we're talking about. When I meet people from all over Europe, Croatia, England, Ireland, doesn't matter where it is, it's, it's a common thing to be a digital nomad. It's common to have a business that you're running from home. Um, whereas in South Africa, it's a new thing. Um, Australia also very common to, to um, outsource your services, to outsource some of your roles because it saves the business money in the long run. For example, if you're based in Australia, everything in Australia is really, really expensive for most parts of Australia. Even just the services, having a PA, you won't believe what a PA is meant to, to, to earn in Australia in all market related, I would say. Um, and then they would outsource someone maybe based in, I know someone in, in Australia who outsourced the, the accounting to somebody in India and, and she was earning, in, to her, it was a great rate. She was earning good money. She was hitting her goals. And for the Australian client, she was like, I'm saving money. I don't need to hire someone locally, you know? So it just depends on what part of the world you're talking about, um, how, how up to speed people are with, with remote world, the virtual world, the digital nomad world. So locally, um, I'll be honest with you, I do struggle. Um, that, that is why I don't particularly target um, South Africa at the moment, although I have started to build some new relationships. But generally, it's a new thing. But with COVID um, in play, people are being forced to catch up quickly. You know, so people are catching on and it's now starting to become a norm. But for the last year, a couple of years, it's, it's, it's very new and, and shocking to people. They can't understand how I can trust you to do the work, but I cannot watch you do the work, which is the culture that they are used to. Micromanaging, having everyone in the same space all day long and kind of ensuring that that person is doing the work, you know. Um, so, yeah, Europe is, is, I mean, we're catching up with, 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 um, different parts of Europe. It's been an old thing, you know, to be a digital nomad, to trace somewhere, to pack up your laptop and go to a different city because it's hotter there and spend the season there and just work from wherever you want to work. So, um, yeah, depends on where we're, where we're speaking of. Yeah, it's, it's phenomenal, actually. It's, uh, it's something I see a little bit as well. Um, it mm. blows my mind, my parents' mind, for example, that I work with folks who I've never met before, right? Yeah. Um, I've always had customers I've never met before. My father can't understand this, where he's like, no, you need to <laughs> shake their hand and look them in the eye and travel around the country. You get it a little bit as well when you're trying to explain to people, even my own age, um, where I'm, I'm kind of just about a millennial and um, you, you, you speak to people and they're like, oh, so where's your target market? And I'm like, well, it's anywhere. And yeah. they assume it's in your home country. And I'm like, no, it's not really because, yeah. um, you know, we have a phenomenal market here. Don't get me wrong. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's big and it's probably big enough, but it's not really all of what I'm interested in because of what we do is specific. And um, 
you know, we were only, a, we just now, as of last week, we've surpassed 5 million people. And um, we were just under that quite recently. But, you know, the island next door to us, the city of London has 9 million people. That's just, that's over two times our whole country yeah. population. The US has 12 times the population of the U, or sorry, six times the population of the UK. And the UK is 12 times the population Crazy. of us. Yeah, which is crazy. The only thing I find a challenge to deal with is, is time zone. So, you know, Australia really would be a challenge for us. And we've done a bit of work there, but we have somebody locally look after that for us. Um, I think, you know, the biggest advantage, I, I've worked with virtual assistants and um, outsourced centers. I've set them up myself. I've set them up in India, for example, for telcos in my career. Um, I've been out to APAC, et cetera. Um, and I've, I've brought some of them back as well. And it wasn't actually one of the striking things for me is it wasn't a cost thing um, because we could actually we actually did calculations when we brought a call center back to Ireland from India. Well, for a function that it was actually wildly more productive to bring it to Ireland than it was in India because the technology gave us a 3.5x uplift in our efficiency metrics, meaning we could cover more ground in one day with calls. Mm than we could from remote dial, like individually punching in keys into a phone that didn't work. Yeah. So I, I've seen both sides of it. I think, you know, for me, it's all about the people. Um, uh-huh. And there are lo- local cultural nuances and such as well. Um, I think the major advantage South Africa has is you've native English, right? So, and you're also on our time zone somewhat. So I know we were talking before and there's a bit of a shift in the middle of the year where it's plus two hours versus plus one hour. And you were like, is it not summer where you are? Is it not winter where you are? Is it not cold? (laughs) I'm like, I'm confused. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, But yeah, we're a whole hemisphere away from each other. We're 12 hours. I've done that flight to Cape Town, by the way. It's 12 hours straight from London. And uh, but there's no jet lag because it's straight down, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think that's one of the major advantages you have. Um, I know there's Afrikaans and I know there's very multiple other di- dialects and such as well and tribal languages. Yes. But I think your major, major advantage is what the British gave both of our countries really is the English <laughs> language. Wouldn't you agree? For sure. For sure. I'd have to agree with you because I, I actually never noticed that before until, until I started working remotely and started talking to people in different parts of the world and started learning what it actually meant that we were native English speakers and how I'm, and I'm at an advantage because there's certain businesses that I can support. And for example, let's say um, at the moment, my husband actually just secured his first remote client. Um, and he does technical support. He does customer technical support. And so he's on the phone all day long. And he was such a good fit because of his English. You know, he speaks such good English. Um, and what's interesting with such a mixed culture here, it's so diverse. Um, you can't just look at someone and think where they're from, for example. You can't assume that anymore. Maybe 10, 20 years ago, you could. You could look and be like, I know the culture i know the culture i know the culture but now you can't when he first spoke to his american client the client thought you sound almost irish or scottish or something crazy and we were shocked we were like we never even thought for a moment that his accent could sound that way to someone else you know so it's it's interesting it's a really cool a cool aspect and it opens up some opportunities for me you know i could be on the phone for people on their behalf and it wouldn't matter where i'm based or where i'm from yeah, yeah, completely. 
Um, really cool. Huge advantages to that. So um, yeah. just for our listeners to be aware, Lisa corrects my grammar and spelling on a regular basis. <laughs> um, she uh, is, is very hot on that. She, uh, for our listeners, I think it's important for everyone to know she edits our podcast. She does all of our write-ups. Moreover, she does all of our social media. I know that's a real passion of yours um, is social media. So she does a lot of our outreach programs for our net new clients, being able to um, bring them into the top of the funnel and add value. She works with our content team to be able to publish content on our website. That's the podcast, obviously, but also our, our blog content, et cetera, and all that sort of level of value. Um, and screen calls as well is another facet of your skill set that's um, quite adaptable. And that's one of the major reasons we're going to be able to scale now going forward is that, you know, we have that kind of facility. Um, and I think, you know, just to come back to one of your earlier points there about reluctance to, you know, work with VAs and checking people's time. Yeah. Um, there's two real problems I have with that statement. The first statement or that, that, that state of mind, should I say, the first, the first of those is that you're not really open enough um, and trusting enough to give another human being uh, your work because you're just creating a job for yourself. And that's fine, but just realize it's a limiting belief. It is what it is, right? Yeah. yeah. You're, not, you're only going to get Agreed. so far. If you're not going to spend the time uh, training someone, and even if you are willing to hire somebody and you're going to stand over their shoulder, that person's not going to stay very long. You know, if you're yeah. there, like you said, micromanaging is exactly what it is. Um, and nobody wants that. It's all about um, trusting people and outcomes, quite frankly. If you're not producing the outcome, you're not going to stay, but that person should be there in the first place anyway. Yeah. Second side of that equation is um, you just have not invested in technology enough. So um, I am yeah. a big believer. I will go above me. Now, look, granted, I am a tech nerd and I am a computer scientist and I come from that background and I have far too many power tools for my own good. That's all <laughs> true, right? But yeah. you can measure and monitor absolutely everything in your business at the drop of a hat. I mean, there are some phenomenal tools out there at the moment that are um, really, really leading the charge. Things like Gong, I've been massively impressed with, which analyzes your calls, picks up on keywords, uh, mm -hmm. connects to CRM and finds out exactly who's closing the most deals, who's coaching, learning from each other and why, and who's speaking more than anyone else and what's being yeah. said, et cetera. So that's really to the nth degree. Even beyond that, really sophisticated CRMs, calendar management tools, email analysis tools. Everything. Um, yeah, it's phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. What would you say in our tech stack, Lisa, could we not do without from your perspective? Mm -hmm. I love that question. Yeah. Uh, before I answer you, just to touch on your first point there, yeah. um, we actually had a candidate this week um, that was asked, um, what culture do they thrive in? And the person said, um, I need to be trusted and I need to be free. That's how I do my best work. And when I'm micromanaged and someone's looking over me, I'm actually less confident. I make silly mistakes and um, I actually am not that great at my job, you know? So just to touch on that, that one point, um, what we could not live without, oh, that's a hard one. That's a really hard one. All of the um, stuff, right? <laughs> all of it. It's, it's a package deal. You know, it's a package deal. You, you, you figure out what, 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 what needs you have or what your pain points are. And guess what? There's either app or software out there to kind of fix it for you, you know? Um, <laughs> I can't. Okay, I'll, I'll just give it a go. I'll give it a go and I'll choose something. Um, I'm going to say Willow. 
I know it's new. We've only recently incorporated into our yeah. into our process, but um, it's brilliant. Uh, the the feel. Whose idea was that, Lisa? I forget. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's brilliant. You know, it gives you a personal perspective on 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 somebody, and also it gives that person the confidence that if they didn't answer that first question directly, they get a second chance to kind of you know, record. And when you're in an interview, I mean, you're nervous. You don't get really a second chance. It's either that 30 minutes to an hour that you have. And if you stumbled, I mean, it was probably noted or uh, someone can pick up you were nervous or, you know, and, and with Willow, people can send through the interview through, through videos, which is just, I mean, the coolest thing. Such a time saver. Um, gives us, a, I feel like, an in-depth look at, it, at the candidate. And also it gives that person full confidence and full freedom to give their best on every single question, which is just fantastic. I agree. Yeah, we had the founder of Willow on, Andrew Wood, uh, on the yeah. uh, podcast recently as well. And, you know, shared similar sentiment. Um, yeah, he's really great. Uh, he was. He really was. He is. Uh, and I think um, that's a game changer for us in terms of scale and being able to deliver candidates in their best light. I have a philosophy about this, and this is coming up kind of more and more recently with me, where um, I believe with the best clients I've worked with, they give every candidate the best opportunity to shine and the tools and the direction to do that. I find it a challenge when there's kind of a bit of a trickery in the process and folks want to say, oh, no, you know, they need to figure it out on their own. I was like, for me, they haven't really thought about it enough. Um, you know, one of the things I see a lot of, you know, clients do or, you know, potential clients do is not put enough time into the job description for the folks they want to hire. And you're not really getting a good sense of um, what you're looking for. So there's two elements of a job description. There's a functional requirement set, which is, you know, you need to have this experience, which is one thing, but then there's a cultural fit and you need to tell people on that, you know, a lot of, the best run companies have a culture code and they talk about that extensively. They have internal wikis on it and they have external mm -hmm. blog posts on it. And they're very, very clear yeah. about what it is they value. So that's kind of one of the things where I love Willow is it allows you in your own time to capture what's important to you. Right. So, you know, it, in terms of the best fit answer. So we ask questions, we ask closed questions and we ask open questions and Often with the open questions that are competency-based and example-based, I would prefer someone think about that and give their best example and have the time to prepare for that rather yeah. than try and catch them out on the spot there and then. Um, and I think what's nice about that is it allows you to do that. So when we're presenting back to our clients, we're able to give them a much more comprehensive screen at scale and we're able to provide a video answer of all of those questions and a transcribed answer of all of those questions. So we use tools that allow us to achieve that like otter.ai. And obviously Lisa, you are the master and commander of overseeing that process, but it does allow us for a better positioned candidate in a more defined process. And that's yeah. been our experience. That's where we're headed as an organization. Wouldn't yeah. you agree? I agree. And, and, you know, listening to the founder on, on our podcast was really awesome, you know, to, to hear his perspective, to hear what the challenges were they made and kind of create this. Um, and something that he said that has probably stuck with me is um, the time that someone spends reviewing a CV. I'm not sure if you remember what his I answer do, was. I do. It was. It was seven seconds. You know, yeah. they look at a few details and it's seven seconds and they move on. So if someone's recruitment process is just sending your CV, 
I mean, your chances are so low. You know, you're going to get looked at for seven seconds and you see if you might go to the bottom of the pile unless something seriously stood out in the first few lines of your CV. So a tool like Willow just changes the game. You know, it gives the candidate a shot on another level. And then also it gives us the chance to just deliver quality work to, to, to our clients, you know. Coolest thing ever. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it's a very, very promising yeah. future for us as well. I think in terms of answering the question around tools we can't live without, for me, I think it's Slack. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel that adds yeah. the greatest level of value to our organization. Um, Winton, our COO, brought that to the table. You know, full disclosure, my my wife works there more recently. Yeah. But, um, it's a phenomenal tool. And what I particularly like about it is being able to add multiple workspaces for our clients so they can interact with us there as well, which is yeah. quite a huge advantage. Um, outside of that, I think G Drive is quite important. I think the documentation we share on our CRM platform is absolutely vital to what we do. And our mass outreach system, the software that we've built, the custom software Winton and myself have overseen has been absolutely uh, huge for us. Um, yeah. Tell me about your vision, Lisa, for the future, about where you want to go with your business. Um, I'm very interested to learn about that because you spoke to me about women empowerment and you spoke to me about having an army of of virtual assistants. Talk to me about that, if you would, for a moment. For sure. You know, there's some really exciting things happening right now. So so I'm excited to talk about, well, I'm always excited to talk about my business. so at the moment, what, what my current goals is, my, my short-term goal, I would say, is to earn a date that I feel I am worthy of, cut down hours. I want to be opened up to do training. That's actually where I think my business is going into. So the last few months, I've had a few people come to me and say, hey, we saw you did this. How did you find your client? Or we saw you speaking about that. Can you tell us more? And then I started doing more and more meetings with women, especially women that were interested in how I started my business. What is a virtual assistant? You know, how do you start this? How do you find people? Why do people trust you? How do you build trust? You know, and that's just started happening more and more and more. And not so long ago, two women actually said to me, listen, we would pay to have a workshop with you to learn about how you figured out all these things on, on your own, because they don't have to go through all the troubleshooting that I went to went through to when I started my business, you know, I can kind of kickstart people and give them the basics of how to, how to start their virtual assistant business. So I'm thinking that I'm going to probably move into training um, one day. That's a long-term goal for me. I want to empower women to work from home. I want them to be able to create their own paychecks, their own salaries. Um, I want them to build their own relationships. For example, if it's important for a mom to do the school run in the morning, she should be able to do her school run and start work when she gets home. You know, if it's important for a dad to be home every evening for the the, the supper with their family, he should be able to do that. Um, You know, so I want to empower women. Most women don't know that they can do it. Yeah, Um, I agree. You know, women women are skilled, right? Everybody has the experience. Um, People have been working from either after university or after high school. So, I mean, that's years and years of developing skills, you know, learning new things, teaching, stepping out of your comfort zone. And they're kind of running the business, the business of themselves. They just don't know it yet, you know? And until someone tells you, we can package everything you've done in your whole working career. We could help you find remote clients and you could work from the comfort of your own home. So I want to enable women to do what I'm doing. So I probably 
go on into training, maybe do a course, maybe do a course of what I do and offer that to people. Um, so I think it might be training material, workshops, and maybe a course of, of how to be a VA or how to start your own remote business. Yeah, I think you're right. You can do it. That's the whole point. You absolutely can do it. And I think yeah. it's a mindset thing. It's nothing to do yeah. with anything else. And I totally. think technology has brought us is the ability to um, engage globally, to work on our own time and our own rules. So my children are a huge part of my life at the moment and bringing yeah. them to and from school is huge for me. Um, yeah. having that time but at the same time having the ability to build a business in the background I think is vital for um, my own headspace quite frankly and my own um, to quench my thirst of ambition so I think for me that's really really important and it's only facilitated by working with like-minded people and I've been very fortunate enough to have been exposed to all of that and I suppose yeah. the hardest part of this is just like the hardest part of going to the gym is getting in the car to do to drive to the gym i honestly mean that it absolutely is you, know, sure. you don't have to be good to get started but in order to become good you've got to get started and yeah. you know i think that's really the mindset that you need to have my personal trainer actually um and i have a lot of chats about this and i i said that line to him he said oh i'm no good at diy and i said that line to him right and um he went off and bought himself a couple of tools and now he's just had a baby Aww. And he's, he's showing me things. Um, he's gone and paneled the entire nursery. He's built a radiator cabinet with mesh on the front of it and edge the, put edges on it perfectly, et cetera. Ripped up the floorboards, redone them. And I was like, oh, there you go. You're the one training people <laughs> to be their best physical fitness. And yeah. that's the mindset thing. And now you can exactly. do other stuff just because somebody had a word in your ear. And it's the same yeah. for me with personal fitness, right? I need someone to tell me I can do it. And, yeah. and now I know I can do it, yeah. right? So yeah. I think that's my biggest takeaway. So I yeah. suppose for anybody listening to this, I cannot stress the value of firing yourself every day and empowering your business by somebody who, I think, I think Lisa, if the most valuable thing that you bring to the table is accountability. I think that's the most invaluable thing that you bring is, you know, the constant and the constant questioning. I absolutely love that. It's why are we doing this? Like, yeah. Why are we doing it this way? Would it be an idea to maybe do it that way? And I'm like, yeah, if you're so right, of course it would. Absolutely. <laughs> and I can't see the wood for the trees yeah. a lot of the time because I'm so in it. I'm like, Ross, of course, take yourself out of that for a minute. Take yourself out of that minute for a minute. You're focusing on the wrong problem here. And I think that's the value you bring to the table. So I don't know, you, you may have some parting words as we round the corner here, Lisa, but you know, that's my personal belief. And that's been my experience over the last number of years. I've had the good pleasure of working with you. So thank you. So much, Ross. And I appreciate you, you, you pointing out the biggest benefit you see in working with a virtual assistant. Um, and it definitely is accountability. I feel like I've done that for a really, really long time. And it stems from being a, a personal assistant. It stems from working with a director or CEO, senior managers or things like that. You know, like you, they're caught up in the moment. They're caught up in the world. They're caught up in the chaos of getting things done and stepping to the next thing all the time. They don't have a chance to step away and look at the full picture. And, and I really learned that when I worked in an, at an NGO. Um, I learned what accountability means. And I learned how the higher our people go, well, let's say ranking, 
when you become like a CEO or you become an executive or a senior manager or something like that, your, 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 your focus changes, you know, you're one tunnel on one thing and it's most of the time it's your role and fulfilling that. Um, and what we get to do is we step away. We are observing the entire picture all the time, you know, so, so that's definitely um, a strong point. So, so I appreciate you pointing that out. Thank you. I'm definitely going to use that the next time someone asks me what value I add. No question. <laughs> no, absolutely. And I'll tell that story to whoever wants to listen, because <laughs> um, that's definitely what I've gotten back from this. You know, I think it's not about being busy. It's about being productive. Right. So yeah. I find myself, you know, falling into traps all of the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you can live with the mantra of always be firing yourself and figuring out what's next, what's next, what's next, yeah. then, you know, if, if you don't have a process, quite frankly, you don't have a business. And I, and I think, you know, I've, I've worked with other recruiters in the past who are good recruiters at recruiting in isolation, yeah. right? But they're not recruiters at scale. Mm -hmm. very, there's very a big different. difference yeah there's mm -hmm. a big difference and Huge. i'm not interested in a recruiter who's a good recruiter in fact i would take a recruiter who's a mediocre to poor recruiter who i can scale um, yeah. i suppose we've built our business yeah. on, on tacit knowledge that i can absolutely train to other folks i've i've been in this industry for the last 17 years i know it backwards not recruitment now with tech and that's where we got our initial credibility and grew, grow it out but now it's about scale and you absolutely yeah. can do that at scale with just good processes. And I have yeah. a, a, a very important coaster here, which I, I know people have seen before. It's not <laughs> people, it's my processes. And I, 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 it's another one I live by. Uh, I think it's very, very true. Yeah, it well, is really true because we can't do it on our own. You know, nobody can. No, nor should you try. You know, yeah. that's nor should you try. Um, yeah. Oof. Well, lots, we got lots, We got through a lot today. I, <laughs> I enjoyed every second of it. But then again, you know, I love what we do. We do and we work on together. So I really want to yeah. thank you for being a part of the podcast today, Lisa. It's been a pleasure. And I hope our listeners will get as much value from it as I certainly do on a daily basis. So thank you once again for appearing. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Ross. Really cool to be on the other side of, of the table. So thank you for having me. I'm humbled. Thank You'll you. you be on again. There's no doubt about that in my mind. Thanks very much, Lisa. <laughs> Thanks. You've been listening to the Global Tech Leaders Podcast, designed for both established and aspiring career-focused tech rock stars, as well as helping leadership figure out how to speak global in today's multicultural world. For further details, check out sf-talent.com.